Welcome to Kicking It Local, the podcast all about the football community in South Australia. I'm your host, Johnny Kekko, and today I'm joined by LA Comets footballer from the National Premier League in South Australia, Jaden Labasso. Thank you so much for joining me, Jaden. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to our chat today. You got an incredible story from when you first started growing up in Port Pirie. We want to talk about that and also another key thing that's happened this year in your in your career, a big hurdle to overcome. Mm. And I think it's one of the most inspiring stories in uh, local football um, at the moment. And it was this year you got diagnosed with Gideon Barre um, syndrome. Yep. It's an autoimmune uh, disease, mm-hmm. big uh, hurdle to overcome. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing that um, that story with you. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, look forward to sharing. But uh, yeah, wouldn't say I'm the most inspirational. People have gone through much worse. But um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a big hurdle for yeah. sure. From where you were five months ago or so, mm. um, and where you got to, some some would say it would be uh, the hardest thing to get to. And mm. uh, you managed to overcome it. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, well, you know, what other choice do you have? It's like mm. get better or feel sorry for yourself. So yeah, did the work and had a lot of support. So. Absolutely, mate. Well, mm. before we get into that, there's a long way before you got here because, mm. and when I say long way, it's a little bit of a pun as well because you have to drive a long way to get here um, at some point as well because mm. you... Grew up in Port Pirie. Yes, that's um, right. You're yeah. born and bred in Port Pirie. Yeah. What was it like uh, growing up in uh, in Port Pirie? Oh, awesome. Um, I mean, it's like you're within a one-minute walk from your best friends, uh, no matter where where they are. If they're on the other side of town, one-minute walk. If yeah. they're right next to you, one-minute walk. It's a small town, lots of, lots of good people, lots of friends, big sporting culture. So, um, yeah, absolutely loved it. It was, a, it was a great place to grow up. Mm. The, um, so it's very much a very small town, isn't it? Yes, yes. What was that like as a kid growing up? I know you said your mates are so close mm. to each other, but now that you live in the city, but looking back, what was it like to have that... Um, that childhood in the country down. It, it was it was so good for a sporting sense. Like that's all we did. We yeah. we we went to school. We walked home, and we played soccer on the front yard or cricket in the in in the backyard. And um, you know, we would have five, six, seven pe- people come over. We would walk straight from school, um, and our house was sort of the house for everything to take place we had a big front yard that my dad looked after like it was Anfield and um, <laughs> we had soccer goals and so it was it was awesome as a sporting sense like that's we we knew no different it was you know we'd go to school we'd come home and we'd kick the ball around for two three hours which yeah. you don't see here because there's just not the space there's not the um this probably the safety as well um you know my parents and everyone was fine with you mm. know young kids walking to school walking home together um it, it wasn't it wasn't a problem and yeah i loved it It was awesome and everyone obviously knew everyone yeah yeah <laughs> we still do everyone says that the world was well started in piri like even to this day um i run into piri people all the time they know my family at some stage in, in their lives so um yeah every, it is true everyone does know everyone like, yeah i'm pretty <laughs> sure everyone i've spoken to that's uh, come from poor period all know the labasso family everyone yeah. I've, everyone i've spoken to <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a, we have a big family and um yeah very much um involved in in soccer in a lot of sense i've got two brothers who play the sport as well and We've made great friends along the way, so... Yep. Yeah. Well, growing up in poor Piri and you loved football, mm-hmm. obviously there's, there's two teams, mm. Savoy or Demons. Demons big, yeah. big... 
big uh, rivalry there within two Italian uh, mm. clubs. Your household was a, a Demons. A demons yeah, yeah, Demons. Yeah, yeah, Demons. What was it like growing up at that club? Absolutely magnificent. Unfortunately, I wasn't um, born earlier to really experience the rivalry. Yep. By the time I sort of grew up, Savoy had, had dropped off to the amateurs and, yeah. and Demons were still in the State League. Um, but growing up around that club, um, honestly, it's... It's very, um, you don't really see it much. Like, I've only really sort of seen similarities between Demons at Comets. Yeah. Um, and that's why I feel, feel quite at home there. Um, it really is a, f- a family club. Um, like you said, everyone knows everyone in the town. Um, and, and the games feel a little bit more important when you play for them because, um, you know, you go to the club on a Friday night and you see all the... The, the old the older people who, who who started the club ran the club um, and all the supporters and um, because everyone's so tight it makes you run that extra that extra mile yeah. um, for them knowing the work that goes on behind the scenes to run a run the only team outside of Adelaide to compete in Adelaide so um, awesome club um, dad was heavily involved for 30 plus years playing committee whatnot so um, we're a big part of it and um, still, even though I'm not playing there, still still look for their results every week to see how they're going and, and I've still got mates there, so yep. chatting to them quite frequently. But having your dad a part of that club as well and your mm. brothers, is that make it a bit more special when you finally got to play? Yeah, for sure. I remember making my debut with my two brothers. I think I was 15 years of age yep. um, and uh, there's, a, there's a funny photo um, it was just outside of Cumberland. Uh, Cumberland when there was two leagues at that time, and um, I looked like I was 12 years old. But um, <laughs> so so happy. I was very small, and it was me and my two brothers. And then um, I think it was a very special moment for my dad that day as well. And uh, unfortunately, we lost. I think we lost quite significantly. <laughs> but um, it was something that you know I remember forever. Having the opportunity to play with my brothers is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and we talk about like um, it's great that there's a club that's so far away from. Um from the CBD in Adelaide, but it's another avenue for the country people mm. to go and play for a team that's playing in a pretty mm. decent league yeah, in the yeah. State League too, and to higher quality compared to all the amateur mm. clubs you can play for. So as a local boy there, how did it feel to have that avenue to get through? Because did you find it hard to try yeah. and break into state state yeah. teams and stuff like that? Or did having that club there make it a bit more uh, realistic? Well, if I really look back on it, um, if it wasn't for the work that Demons did in their juniors, given those young players the pathway to compete yep. in Adelaide, to get seen by regular coaches when they're not state teams or whatnot, um, my life would be you know, completely different. I've yep. experienced so much in the game, um, whether or not it's been with the youth team and going to Spain and... Um, whether or not it was, you know, at Comets and playing in MPL Grand Finals, if I look back on it, if it wasn't for the work that, and my dad was instrumental in the work, but a lot of key um, people at the club um, getting those juniors up and running um, and giving, giving young country people the pathway, um, I wouldn't have, yeah, experienced some of the best moments in my life. To be yeah. yeah, it was... The um, how do you find the uh, long trips to and from uh, Port Pirie with the with the players? Well, I guess because you, I was, I was, I remember doing them when I was five, six years old for my brothers. Yeah. Um. So for me at the time, it felt like it was just normal. Normal. <laughs> um. It's only until I've moved to Adelaide where I'm like, wow, how do yep. we do that? Um. But you know, they were, they were good trips. 
we it was good for the family. We, we were together for the whole weekend in the yeah. car. Um, so they're, they're, they're experiences that you wouldn't trade for anything. Um, but uh, it, it is a big effort and something that's not probably um, appreciated enough that mm. you know demons do do make that trip um, and 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 do it quite uh, quite honestly by themselves. You know, yeah. they don't get a lot of support to do it, but what they're doing is pushing through for hopefully another young kid to come through the ranks and hopefully one day play a league or, or whatnot um yep. and that would be just everything for the club we, we look at emily condon um who plays in the w league now at late united and played for um the matildas i think she made a cap or two there and it's like just amazing how a little girl from you know napaby which is just outside port Pirie, um has has gone on to achieve that and i think the club was a big part of helping her yeah emily was very super talented and worked hard but they at least gave her an, an opportunity to experience um quality football so yeah it's 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 what one of the main reasons the club is there yeah know, for sure and uh well the road trip that you have what was it like uh give me a little bit of insight what it's like on a labasso road trip to adelaide on a <laughs> weekly basis on a, on a <laughs> weekly basis uh my dad would be um he had this usb stick i had about a million songs from the 80s so i know every 80s hit from back to front <laughs> because it, he would play the same songs over and over again um yeah. If it was just me going out for my games, I would I'd try and have a sleep. If if not, if it was the whole family, I'm stuck in the middle and <laughs> copping a lot from my brothers. Um, but yeah, it was it was good fun. Yeah. If you made a mistake during the game, would you cop it the whole way home, or uh, or if you lost, or I was probably like my dad was really not like that. To yeah. be honest, he was quite supportive um, and didn't make me feel at any way that yep. you know there was a certain level of performance i had to achieve but obviously individually you you set those markers for yourself yep. and having two brothers when they see you make <laughs> yeah. a mistake they will bring yep. it up um so that after a loss or, or a bad performance those trips home did feel a little bit longer that's for sure <laughs> and uh well you had those weekly trips with the club but mm-hmm. then there was a stage where you got um selected for the national uh, sorry the uh, the state team mm-hmm. um which means extra travel because mm-hmm. this training is based in south australia or yeah. well, in adelaide in, sorry yeah. what was that like when you finally got selected to to play state yeah so i was selecting the under 13 state team for um richie allegich was the coach at the time um and I remember getting that that email saying I had been selected, and it was um, it was almost like it was almost like it was a feeling like I'd made it, even though it was under thirteen state yeah. team. Like you look back and like you know all the work you do as a kid, and it was like it's finally mean something. Like I, I'm 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 progressing. Um, so that was an amazing moment to to have to receive that email, and I remember being at, at my family's uh, my I think I was my auntie's house at the time, and. Yeah, it was, it was good. All the, all the family was quite proud and happy, yeah. and the club was very happy. And um, yeah, it was it was it was a good moment. For sure. And then once you got over the the excitement of it, then you look at how much training's involved mm. and how much driving is involved. Yeah. How did that feel uh, with your parents having yeah. to, to commit to that? Well, it was it was probably yeah. It ended up being a bigger commitment than we probably first thought. Um, for me, I'm a kid, like, I just wanted to go yeah. play soccer and, you know, get the best training and the best, play with the best players and see where I was at. Um, yeah, but the real heroes were probably my mum and dad, like, committing to taking me to, to Adelaide three times a week, which is a six-hour round trip um, for, for two years. It ended up being 
um, it was quite astonishing. And, and you know, we, we weren't the only ones to do it. Emily Condon was yep. in the same boat. And sometimes when it worked out, we would carpool. But, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. You know, my dad was leaving work at 2 o'clock um, and I was finishing school at 2 and we were driving down to Adelaide. Um, Mum would pack us a dinner if, if she didn't take me for that trip and um, we'd be eating at home and we'd get home late at night, 12 o'clock at night, and, you know, I would wake up and Dad's already gone to work because he's had to make the hours up and, um, you know, I, I'm a bit dusty before going to school yeah. and then trying to catch up on the schoolwork I've missed and then you got to do it all again the next day. It was... It was challenging, but like I said, I was willing to do it because you know it was like that was that that's that's my be all and end all was to be there and yep. try and improve and learn from an ex Adelaide United player and Richie Allegic. Yeah, like, yeah, it was once in a lifetime opportunity for me. If, you know, at the time, so I was like, you know, we we do it because you love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we always joke about like the the, the long drives and all that kind of stuff, but we look at our parents and. If you weren't having supporting parents mm. like your the ones you have, mm. you probably wouldn't be able to get in the situation you're in now, would you? No, definitely not. Like, and and that's um, proceed to other things in life in terms of schooling and my education and studying at uni. Um, but they've they've really supported my my soccer interests and passions. Um, whether or not that's you know allowing yeah. me to go on trips away to Spain or trips to tournaments like we had Coffs Harbour and. They'd always be there. They didn't like missing out. Um, but yeah, it was yeah, it's amazing the support that yeah. we've had. Yeah. Well, there's a lot, a lot of driving. It's uh, the amount of money you probably spent on petrol. You could have mm. potentially moved to Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was there ever talks because you got, you're so heavily involved in playing the state team and also your brothers were playing uh, regularly? So was there ever talks of moving, moving to Adelaide or always, always we we had chats. Um, but at the time, you know, what sort of kept us there was, was the club. You yeah. know, my dad was, was heavily involved with the club. We were heavily involved and we didn't sort of want to leave that. Um, so that kept us there for, for a few years, probably longer than, than, than we could have been there. Yeah. But um, like I said, we, my mum and dad born and raised in Peru as well. So it was a big move for them. 50 years spent there and having all their friends and not knowing any different. Um, you know, it was a big, big decision to finally come to, um, and yeah, we eventually did, and we still, you know, realised that we could <laughs> save some money on, on petrol, but you know, and also keep our, our friends and our, our similar lifestyle. So, no, it was, it was all good. Um, and then the next step after that was for you was LA United Youth came calling. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how did that come about? And what was that um, process like to get a part of that club? Uh, so after two years at the state team, I was actually let go um, before NTC with with Carl Viet, um, and you know for, for for many reasons I probably the two years had took its toll on me and I probably wasn't you know as confident and playing as good as I, I, I once was. But uh, I came back um, into you know the loving environment that is the Northern Demons and yep. and ex- and continued to excel and develop there and played you know first team football at a young age like I said and. Um, we we eventually um, you know I'd advertised some trials for the under 16s team going to the Mediterranean International Cup in Spain. Um, I went and trialed and, and got in um, and, and had a decent tournament. And from that, um, Adelaide United actually ended up coming and playing against Northern Demons in Port Pirie. Yep. And I was a you know young 15 year old in that game and um, 
did okay and got asked to come and trial for the, the youth team that was starting back up with Mark Jones as the first team coach and they'll bring the resis back in um, and yeah got, got there took my opportunity um, had a good trial period and and, and received the same thing the email saying yep. I, was, I was in um, so yeah it's uh, it, it all came about pretty naturally um, and uh, yeah it was a good experience how that feel playing against, against Adelaide yeah, United? Yeah. It was it was crazy. That was just after they had won the grand final the year after. Oh so, wow! Yeah, like the champions were coming to Port Pirie. <laughs> yeah, little old Port Pirie. So um, the whole town was there, like talking at least three, four thousand people there, which is which is massive. The town's thirteen thousand yeah. people. Well, how old were you um, back then? I was fifteen. Yeah, yeah. 15, wow. So yeah. a fifteen-year-old playing against LA United, um, mm. surely that's something to to edge you on to play, oh, um, train harder and yeah, get yeah. to that level, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a massive learning curve. Like I remember, you know, brushing shoulders with Karuska, Jitay's up front, and I'm like, wow. I was watching these wow. two months ago at Adelaide Oval win the A-League and now they're at Burn Park which is the soccer ground Northern Demons and uh, yeah sharing a field with them was like crazy and Amor was the coach you know Barcelona yep. legend um, and it was just a surreal weekend yeah, yeah you would have Galakovic there as well yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. what are some of the best line up there from oh, LA United ever yeah, yeah. yeah you go through one through through 11 it was like wow crazy like Syria yeah you know, they were all there and it was, it was it was amazing yeah and uh for a little town like that those type of games are, are massive mm-hmm. um and then to be able to then get the the call up to go and play for LA United with youth mm-hmm. how did that feel Cause were you an LA United fan growing yeah, up as yeah. well massive LA United fan like you know, we would equally travel to go yep. watch Adelaide United games from Piri. Um, so we're doing a lot of travel. Um, but, uh, yeah, massive fan, um, getting that email. Um, I think my brothers were probably more excited than me. Yep. Uh, my brother, I remember, um, it was actually the night of the presentation night, Northern Demons presentation night. It's so notoriously a big night and very yep. similar to the Brownlow, very, very high key. And my brother actually won best and fairest that night and his whole speech was about me making the youth team um so um you know it was a special moment for my dad to see yeah. his, his son win best and fairest of his club for the second time in a row um and then also the same night i was selected in the youth team so that's unreal yes so how was how was everyone at the club as all that proud yeah yeah <laughs> it was equally like matt got a standing ovation for for his season winning best and fairest but also you know they, they stayed clapping for me um once he yep. told the whole club <laughs> it, a bit prematurely i was like let's just like so the our first we don't know if we're actually moving or whatnot yet yeah and he was like that nah, first thing in his speech uh want to thank i want to congratulate my little brother and everyone was like what and then yeah it was, yeah it was yeah, a good moment that that is awesome um yeah. What was it like when you finally moved to Adelaide United? Um, you obviously, did you uproot and come to Adelaide or the whole family or just yourself? Yeah, so at that stage, my brothers were already at uni in Adelaide. Yep. Um, and, you know, when, when I sat down with my mum and dad um, saying, this is, w- this is what I want to do, I want to go, I want to I I do it, I want to give yeah. it a shot. Um, you know, they had a, a big chat with all of us and was like, you know, if all three of you are going to be there, um, do you see yourself, you know, coming back? And Matt and Daniel were quite happy. I didn't know at that stage. I just wanted to give this a go and, yep. and, and what, what not. And um, they were, were like, we're, we're not sure. 
and they were like, well, we might we might come and follow you. So they made the move pretty quick. My mum actually got there um, before all of us because she got a job very quickly um, and changed roles. So she was already there before all of us had officially moved because it was uni holidays and, yep. and whatnot. And um, yeah, we, we all made the move. Wow. And then um, you finally moved to LA United. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find the transition from... Because you you're at a traditional club mm-hmm. at uh, Northern Demons... LA United's youth is a little bit different. Um, what was that like, um, adjusting to that? A massive culture shock. Yeah. Yeah, massive. Um, lucky I had the couple years' experience in the state team, so I sort of knew what it was about um, and what, what, what happens. But um, it was a massive cultural sh- shift because, you know, at Northern Demons, it's, you know, one for all, for one, everyone's together. Um, yeah. F- you know, it doesn't matter if you play well, if we lose, we all lose. Um, so bit different when you're in the youth team with a bunch of you know great elite footballers who want to make it as well with probably more individual mm. um you know goals rather than collective goals and i've always been a because i've grown up in that way a, a team collective goals first and yep. it's probably shown in my playing style you know i'll do whatever the team sort of needs um whether that's change of position whether that's yeah um you know it, I, I'm, I'm all about it so it was a bit of a, a, a shock at, at, at first, but, um, you know, it was still an amazing experience, made a lot of good friends, had the best coaching um, and developed a lot. Um, but, yeah, it was originally a, a quite a shock, yeah. Who were some of the coaches you were coached by during your time there? So originally I'd come down a little bit early and did some pre-season with Mark Jones and the youth team who were in the youth league, Yep. Um, which was really cool for me, really good experience. And then Simon, then the reserve started up and Simon Cadenzaro was the coach and he was he was amazing. You're talking about three-time Serge Melter winner. Yep. Um, so knowing a little bit about him and he would come out and play some some of the drills with us and you'd just be like, yeah, he, he was a good player back in his day. Like, his touch, his his skills were still there. He hadn't lost them, that's for sure. What's some um, of the things uh, that you took away from him and would always take carry with you through the rest of your career from uh, that period? Uh, with with Kata and, and, and a bit with, with Mark Jones was just, um, you know, all the, the fundamentals, like, be great at them. Um, you know, you always get... Um, tour about checking your shoulders and whatnot yep. at, at a young level in the state teams and whatnot, um, but really focusing on them and seeing the impact that has on the rest of your game, mm. um, whether or not that's being leveled outside your opponent so you can take a touch pass, even break a line, stuff like that. Um, drilling those things into you and getting consistent with them completely changes your game and um, yeah, it was it was a massive learning experience. He's um, a great guy, Simon Cadenzaro. <laughs> yeah, so he would have been someone great to. Um, yeah. It's actually funny uh, when I was in Sydney on a little trip. I was out chatting to some random people and we got talking about local soccer. And one guy goes, "I used to play play soccer." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, who do you for?" I thought MPL. Yeah. Ended up playing uh, with Simon Cadenzaro oh, in the NSL. Oh, really? There so you go. There you go. I can't go anywhere without someone knowing Simon Cadenzaro. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the same. And we also had so then Simon sort of moved on and Paul Pezos came yep. in. Another. One. Yeah, great coach. Great coach, and you've seen what he's done with Adelaide City. Um, yeah, he's technically one of the most brilliant coaches in in Australia, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then he stepped up and to the youth team, and the resi's coach became Adrian Stenter, who's now the women's coach. And so I've had them like that whole period of having different coaches. 
um, but seeing the similarities in what they look for as players, yep. you take them out of it and the consistent thing is the fundamentals for sure. Yep. And um, so, you, yeah, you've had, just naming those few yeah. there, they're some of the best coaches that are going around in local league at the moment yeah. and also Adrian Centre in the um, women's league. Yeah. Um, that moment, that period, so obviously you, we spoke about how the club is a big culture shock in that mm. sense, but... With the uh, the coaching sense and your playing ability, how did that feel? Was it? Did you did you feel like you went to another level? Oh yeah, for sure. Like trainings were game like. Yep. When you say game like intensity, I mean like game like intensity. There was no other option. You yeah. If you took that extra second, you're getting a double foot from the side from your best mate, <laughs> or you know if you take make, make the wrong pass. Yep. You know your players are letting you know about it or whatnot. So it was like it was like wow, this is this is like what it, what it should feel like to you know be an elite footballer. Yeah. How many nights a week do you train um, in the uh, LA United youth youth team? It was in the morning, so it was actually seven o'clock in the morning at Modbury. I live in Glenelg, wow. so it was an hour trip. So getting there, uh, have to wake up five thirty. You know, quickly get get my stuff ready, go over the Mobbery train, and that was like four or five times a week. Yep. Um, and then I'd get to school about recess time, and it was more. <laughs> so I was still missing school, <laughs> even when I did make the move. I was still missing school. Um, so I had to make up those hours by studying as wow. well late, and yeah, it was yeah, it was still a big commitment, even though I was I was in Adelaide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So that so this was for the MPL. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. You, you have to do it during school hours. It was training at seven seven thirty in the morning. At Does that, that change that now? I think they've changed it to nights. Yeah. And play fit or something like that. Um, but yeah, originally it was still seven thirty in the morning at Mobbury, and yeah. I think it was designed for a reason. Like it makes you be professional. Yeah. Because if you don't get your hours of sleep. You're yeah. gonna train bad well, the next morning. <laughs> we're now looking at the um. I think it's an if it's at night time. But yeah. do you think um it should still be in the mornings or? It definitely made it feel more like your it's your job, like professional wise. Because yep. you got to get your sleep. You got to you know wake up early to have a decent breakfast, so you're not yeah. training bad. You know it, it, it sort of kept you in check. Um, but realistically, with the amount of players that do end up making it, um. Is, is not a lot so everyone needs to keep on top of their schooling um, even those that are destined to make it so hence it's you know probably better to train at night for that reason that yep. people can still 100% focus on their studies and that's you know soccer is more of a, 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 a hobby rather than your go-to career type thing a lot of people have different experiences going to LA United because if you don't get picked up for a couple of years um, there's a whole new bunch of kids coming through that um, that are they're trying to get ready to get into the A League. Mm. How did that transition um, towards the end of the, of your time there at LA United? Mm-hmm. How did that feel for yourself personally? Well, it's you know it's part of part of football. I still absolutely loved my. I think I spent three years there, um, and it was absolutely amazing. It was the best thing I've ever done in terms of for my own personal and player development. Yeah. Um, but towards the end, you know, you're turning, I think I was, you know, about to turn 19 and I was looking up and, you know, at the time the midfielders, I was a midfielder, it was Lewis Dorigo, Ryan Yates, Lockie Brook. And I'm like, geez, that midfield's going to be tough to crack. Yep. Um, and I'm also against that stage where it's like, I need to start playing regular NPL football. Um, so, you know, I was looking at it and, you know, struggling to really crack that midfield and rightfully so, they're all amazing footballers. Um, 
I thought it was it was best for me to, to make a move. And at the time, my school soccer coach was Sam Carmichael at South Adelaide. Um, and he was like, why don't you just come play the last end of the season with me at South Adelaide and, you know, get some MPO experience. Um, so I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. So told Adrian Centre the next weekend that was, was going to make the move. Um, and he was, he was upset by the understood. Yep. Um, Stenter was always that coach that had your best interests at heart, no matter whether or not it was at Adelaide United or was somewhere else. So he understood um, that, yeah, I need to go go get that experience. And, yeah, made the move the next the next weekend. I played Campbelltown in my first MPL match. Wow. Yes. <laughs> it was a 4-4 absolute uh, goal fest, and it was muddy. It was right at that point, South Adelaide's pitch was getting done up. Um, and I was like, okay, this is NPL football. This feels good. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Yeah. The, now the transition, because obviously you were at um, uh, Northern Demons, which were in State mm. League 2, went up to NPL with LA United, mm. and now you've gone um, to another NPL club, mm. an actual uh, football club yeah. uh, environment. Mm. How did you start performing afterwards? It was like a massive uh, weight lifted off my shoulders, yeah. really. Um, and I don't know why, because like I said, I absolutely loved that Adelaide United, and uh, it wasn't until I now look back and I was like, it's because I've grown up playing for club football. Yeah, was there what a, mean? what do you reckon there's a bit of pressure as well? Not like intentionally, but just that environment, because everyone's fighting to get yeah, into the exactly. A-League. Did yeah, that yeah. pressure, um, you could feel that? Yeah, yeah, and it has to be like that. You yeah. Know? That's how the best players become who they are you have to be in those environments where you're pushed and the pressure is like that every training you have to perform um so it's it wasn't a bad thing necessarily Mm. it was was quite a good thing for my development but um yeah it does it it did it can you know take its toll on you and if you don't um continue to have that confidence i think it was more within myself um when you don't when you don't play anywhere you're going to lose some you know some confidence yeah um so just going back and being like okay you're the main midfielder in this team even at 18 19 years old with sam carmichael and um, thurston at the time he was a visa player was unbelievable and i was like okay this is this is wicked like i'm playing week in week out 90 minutes um yep. and just that sense of like okay you're you're our guy it helps big time yeah what was your, some some of your favorite moments um at south adelaide when you moved there um staying up that first year was was awesome um it was a bit of a grind like we were grinding out points towards the end against Bacala and 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 um you know that point against uh, in my first game against Campbelltown I think that's still one of the best games I had at South Adelaide in terms of like the enjoyment like yep. it was just massive Campbelltown were top of the league um I was coming up against Alex Mullen for the first time a person um that I knew from when I was young in terms of um we were sort of family friends my dad knows his dad and um, so looking up to him always and then all of a sudden I'm on him and playing on him and it was like it was cool so and to also get the point and ended up being probably the point that saved us um, those last nine games it was was pretty cool experience yeah and then from there did you um, did you see yourself staying at the club for a while or was that just a stepping stone for for future uh, well uh, again because of growing up I sort of in, in trench myself within a club wherever I go yeah um, so I made good friends I made you know some very good lifelong friends there and Michael Good and Robbie Parker and whatnot um, but it, it did feel like um, there was probably something something else at that time the, the clubs probably changed a lot now but um, the next year we started having I, I was there for like the first nine games and we hadn't won one and 
I want I was one that wants to continue to play NPL football and I sort of saw the writing was on the wall for most of the club Liam yep. Wooding we had had just left a player I looked up to massively um, and you know was a role model for me so you know seeing the writing on the wall I was like okay um, but I was still like happy to stay and try and fight out the rest of the year until um, Con um, at Comets called me and um, said this is this opportunity here if you want it um, and even then it was such a tough decision I didn't want to feel like I was abandoning my mates yeah. my, you know the club that gave me the original opportunity um, but you know speaking to my dad from a football sense it was, an, it was a no brainer considering you know South Adelaide did go on to to get relegated that year and I was a young player that one that still had that dream of playing A League so you have to play NPL football. Yep. Um and you know, I you know, I played against comments I knew they were a good club. Um and I knew Con was a great coach, um and I knew um it would be a good destination and it was it was it was the right call. We won two league titles and went to four grannies but unfortunately <laughs> haven't been able to pick one of them up but we'll keep working towards that. Um but yeah, and from a football decision, it was it was should have been a clear cut decision. But like I said, it was still tough. Yeah. So when you moved there, how you, how did you initially find the change? Was it a lot easier than the other changes? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know you're moving from an NPL club to an NPL club. Um, only thing probably that initially realised was again maybe the training environment was a little bit a little bit tougher. Um, but that's just me being picky. Um, you know, we had a young squad full of all my mates from school as well at South Adelaide. So um, going to that commerce team at the time, was there wasn't many young players in it. So it was like you're brushing shoulders with Alan Welsh, Adam LeCornu, yeah. Andreas Wines, Jack Bladden, all these big players in NPL football for a long time. Um, and that was throughout the whole squad. We had this uh, Spanish footballer, John Otonage. He played La Liga. Um, so I walking into that team, Nathan Antigento, like one of the, you know the the best players in, in the NPL. He's played 300 plus games. It was like it was it was crazy. You know, you in a team full of you know senior NPL footballers it was like okay, this is again probably a little bit of a step step up. Yeah. And how did you find your football performance um, when, when you were in that environment? Now, is it did it take another step forward? Uh, it was actually probably a seamless transition and that was probably because of one the boys were yep. really nice and when you're playing with those type of footballs around you your job's naturally a little bit easier and also um, Con at the time I don't know why but he he had something for me and the boys know that um, he, he really made sure he supported me and helped me flourish like he, he it was never my fault at training if something <laughs> went, broke down or a defensive assignment wasn't wasn't made uh, and someone ran through the midfield it was always one of the older boys fault which they got a bit shitty with at times but um, I think he knew he had to you know probably he could probably go harder on those senior boys at the time and 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 help me out and yeah it was it was, it was massive yeah and then when Barney Smith came in um, he took you guys to a few grand finals as well unfortunately couldn't get the job done in those either it's mm. um, something the club has struggled with but how do you find it when a new coach comes in? How do you find that um, transition? Well, them? I knew Barney as a coach um, and his pedigree, but you don't know when a new come coach comes in until you know you, you train with them in terms of what they think of, of you. So at the time, I was a bit worried because I, you know, kind of 
treading me so well, you know, that, yeah. you know, all of a sudden he's, he's moving into a different role and a new coach was coming in. Um, but it ended up, again, being a seamless transition. Barney was, again, probably one of the best coaches, yeah, I've had um, in terms of, yeah, you look at all the coaches I've had, I put him right up there with, with, with all of them, if not yep. the best, yeah. Well, it's amazing because now you look at it and he played an instrumental role in the, the challenges you've later had uh, this mm. year mm-hmm. um, with uh, your diagnosis. So it's amazing where it, it's gone with that. Mm. Sometimes you look at coaches and you just think they're just your coach, but it ends up being a lot more mm-hmm. than just that, isn't it? it? When you say it like that, it's almost like it was, it was meant to be the right people were meant to be in my life at the right time, the yep. right coaching, um, the right, yeah, Barney was amazing supporter through my playing development, it was massive, but then obviously having to go through what I did this year and having your coach by your bedside for majority of it and messaging you and telling you it's you know the, the team's going to be there for when you get back and you know sort of putting everything at ease was was amazing yeah absolutely mate and i want to talk more in depth than that because it's a it's an incredible story of mm. uh the, from where it started to where you are now mm. um so i think it's inspiring i think a lot of players need to hear this story and uh, the community need to hear it as well um but we'll talk about that in part two because uh <laughs> part one has just had so much to talk about yeah. you i love the driving um <laughs> you had to do your family had to do a lot and the dedication from your family also has gone into what you had to deal with this year as well it's just it's amazing how a strong family connection can uh, to help people get through anything mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. it was uh yeah just spot on yeah i can't really add too much to that it was yeah massive Looking forward to part two with Jaden Labasa. We're going to talk all about the uh, his journey through dealing with Gillian Barre syndrome, which uh, was a tough journey as well. And that's all to come in part two. And here's a quick sneak peek. I was actually at uni, and my hands and my feet started going numb. Um, and uh, went to went to training that day, um, and. Normally, I like to get into the gym a little bit beforehand and, and do some extras. Even though my hands and feet were starting to feel a little bit numb and I was a bit worried, I still was adamant I'll do my gym session and complete training. Barney and Dimmy Panner um, were there early because it was about five o'clock, training doesn't start till six. Um, and they're like, Is everything all right? Well, you normally come in a bit more excited, a bit happy. I was like, Oh, I'm not feeling too well. And, and how long was it after that you found out it was um, Gillian Barre and you could rule out MS? Because that, that would have been a bit of a shock, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Having so, that on the cards. So straight away, once I went in the, the next time, they started doing all the scans for MS and, and on my heart because I, like, I had a lot of back pain and stuff like that. So apparently, the heart. If you have heart problems, it can not only go through your, your front of your chest and whatnot, it can go through your back. Super proud of what he's done and um, for him to be back now, still in our squad, able to play in the final series. Well, I talked to him by his bedside when he, when he couldn't get out of bed physically. He just physically couldn't get out of bed. And I remember saying to him, you know, just believe, Jaden, and, and work hard and um, just dream about being back on that field. And who knows, you could be playing in the finals with us, and here he is playing in the finals with us. So... All credit to him, he's done an, an amazing rehab to get where he is. Barney was, was huge, he was like, just keep believing, you're going you're gonna to be there with us. Um, and looking back, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how he was so confident in that because he saw where I was at. Mm. And, um, but he, he, he gave that belief to me and if it, if it wasn't for him, I don't know, nah, I wouldn't have got it done. Make sure you keep a lookout for part two where we talk all about his journey in recovery after being diagnosed with Gillian Barre syndrome.
That's part one with Jaden Labasso. Make sure you subscribe to Kicking It Local wherever you get your podcasts so you can get a taste of the SA football community. Plus, follow at Kicking It Local SA on Instagram and Twitter so you don't miss any of the action. See you soon.